going to say a quick prayer over the message. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time, Lord, that we get to dig into your word, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we can grab a nugget out of the message today, Lord, that we can apply to our lives and maybe even help grow someone else, Lord, to mature and look like you, Father. And we all said, Amen. I want to start off by reading the main text for this series. And uh, Pastor Brenda started the series last week with loving God. And today we're going to be talking about loving myself. And it's in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And I'll be reading all the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equal important, equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. You cannot love your family. You cannot love your friends, or your neighbors properly until you learn how to love and see yourself how God sees you. I was so happy uh, Mike gave that word today during worship because that was dead on to what, where we're going today, is seeing ourselves how God sees us. We, you know, we, we might think we love ourselves, you know, cut our hair, we groom, we go out, buy new clothes, make ourselves look good, right? But statistics show... I was looking this up, and it was interesting. You guys ever hear how, how many thoughts we have a day? 70,000. That's an estimate. It's, I mean, kind of hard. To, but we have 70 thoughts run through our mind consciously and subconsciously throughout the day. 70,000 thoughts. And research has showed 70% of those thoughts are negative. That means 50,000 thoughts that we have about ourselves or about the world we see is negative. That's a huge number. And we wonder why the church is sick or why we're always down and about. It's because 50,000 thoughts that are running through our head a day are negative. I was also reading how our mind filters all those 70,000 thoughts. And how God designed it is to use, to give us the ones that are useful. So all those negative thoughts that we're supposed to have, God designed our mind to just dump it out into the garbage, get rid of it into space, wherever it goes. But what we do is we grab onto those negative thoughts. And by grabbing onto those negative thoughts, we open this a host of tons of other negative thoughts that we have about ourselves, maybe about our community. I constantly hear, I'm the youth pastor here, if you guys don't know. Dennis, my name's Dennis or Denny, however you want to call me, but I hear constantly how people have given up on Benzie or how the youth are always, Benzie Central sucks, that's this school in this area, or Brethren is all right, or Kingsley's so-and-so. So we have such a negative view on the world, on ourselves, because we have grabbed on to those negative thoughts. Um, Me, my wife, Josie, and she's at work today, and my sister, we've been going to the gym lately. I think it's been like a month or two now. We've been hitting the gym real hard. 
three to four days a week. And has anybody ever gone to a gym, an actual gym? A few of us. You walk into the gym and you have mirrors all around, right? It's hard not to look at yourself when you go to the gym. But so, you know, I, I go work out. I have my sister with me and I have my wife with me and we're working out. And, you know, I'll be bench pressing or curling and naturally I'm looking at myself. You know, I'm thinking, man, I'm the biggest guy here right now. And the reason why I'm thinking that, well, there's only five people in the gym. My wife, my sister, and like three other ladies. One of them is the person behind the counter, right? So I'm thinking, I'm the man, I'm looking good. Because I've been working out, I'm on my fourth rep in curling. I might have already hit the bench a couple of times. I may have done some leg press, right? I've maybe done the treadmill as much as I hate it, but got to warm up the body. But then all of a sudden, between like the gym we go to, between three and five is when the big guys come in. The huge guys. So they come in, they go into the gym, they come out, and they're just shredded. And, and you can't help to look, right? I mean, guys, I believe we're just as bad as the ladies sometimes. We, we, we don't show it or say it, but we're, comp- we're always comparing ourselves with other men, just like ladies are comparing with other ladies. We're always doing it. And as soon as I start comparing myself to the other person, all of a sudden I start thinking, man, I'm... I should just give up going to the gym. I don't, I'm not even close to looking like this guy. Comparison will kill the call that God has on your life. If you are always trying to compare yourself with someone else's ministry, a lot of times when we're in the ministry or at your job, we're constantly comparing ourselves with the others around us. And we're constantly comparing ourselves with the others around us will miss what God has to do through us. Um, man, I was fighting showing this next video. It's super cheesy, but I know how I know how this works. As soon as I play this video, you guys, this is probably be the only thing you remember of the message, which will be awesome. Hey, Jaden, you want to play that second video real fast? Because we are royal, because we are royal, we will do what's right. We will do what's right. Because we are chosen, because we are chosen, we will love with all our might. We will love with all our might. Oh, 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 we are royalty. Oh, 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 the king has chosen you and me. Oh, 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 we are. Because we are royal, because we are royal, we will do what's right, we will do what's right, because we are chosen, because we are chosen, we will love with all our might, we will love with all our might, oh, 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 we are royalty, oh, 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 the king has chosen you and me, oh, 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 we are 
sing it out. Jesus is our King. Jesus loves you and me. Jesus is our King. Jesus loves you and me. Jesus is our King. Jesus loves you and me. Jesus is our King. Jesus loves you and me. For those listening online, no, we did not switch to the children's ministry. We're still in the sanctuary right now. But you guys know that that beat was catchy, and it's going to be stuck there. I'm not going to sing it for you guys, but that's going to be all day. Oh, oh, oh. We are royalty. That's going to be stuck in your head all day. So for my first point for today, I want to look at how to deal with those negative thoughts, with those 50,000 negative thoughts. Some of you guys might be like, ah, I'm only maybe 10,000. It's all right. You still got 10,000 negative thoughts. Maybe some of you guys are like, I have all 70,000 of my thoughts. And yes, if you guys are wondering, that statistic is for the ladies. Don't worry. They, they, no, I'm just joking. That's everyone. But I, I want to, if you're taking notes, you're going to want to take notes on this next point. Practical ways to stop negative thinking. First one, do not go to the gym. <laughs> Second one, and this applies to the ladies in the morning when they're changing. Actually, my wife, I'm worse than my wife in the morning. But only buy two sets of clothes because as soon as it comes in the morning, you know all of a sudden you're changing out the dresses. For me, I'm changing. Oh, is this white tie? Go oh, no. Orange tie? No. I'll go back to the white tie, right? We'll spend like 30 minutes getting ready. So only buy two sets of clothes. Three, stare at the ground and don't look at others, right? We can't compare ourselves. And last one, just stay in bed. No, For real, though, I got, I got a couple for you guys. The first one is acknowledge. Make sure you capitalize that A because this is going to spell out something that we're going to do at the end. Acknowledge. Notice the thoughts so you can capture it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your, your path. You need to acknowledge God in everything you're doing. A lot of times when we get those negative thoughts, sometimes people go into depression. Also, or some people might feel anxiety or some people might feel gloomy. And all of a sudden, they're like, instantly they want to walk away from God and pretend God's not in the room. But God's still there. God says, acknowledge him in all your ways. you got to acknowledge him in the positive and when you're in the low. And if you do that, if you acknowledge him, he's going to direct your path. He's going to show you how to replace that thought. And the next one is recognize and capitalize that R. God has given us the tools to overcome. Recognize that God has made you more than conquerors. Recognize that God has sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all your sins, to give him victory for everything. We fight from victory, not for victory. The third thing is realize. Flip, realize that God's power is more than enough. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Fourth one is repent. Repent for the wrong thoughts. I forget who said this, and I, I know I've heard Pastor Neil say this 
this little phrase a lot, and I love it. It says, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from nesting, right? I don't know about you. It was just a couple of days ago, actually. My wife's not here, but she's going to listen to this and hit me for this. But she stubbed her toe, right? And, you know, you know when you stub your toe, sometimes you might say something you're not want to say, or sometimes you all of a sudden just get angry. Like, I went to say, tell my wife, are you all right? And she just, like, yelled at me, don't touch me right now. Right? You know how it is, guys. Stay away from those ladies. Or, or ladies, guys, carefully, we have tempers sometimes. But we can't stop the thoughts from crossing, but we can stop them from nesting. So, and once they nest, repent of those sins, of dwelling on those. Fifth one is release. Capitalize that R. Release those wrong thoughts. Release those wrong thoughts. And these next two are the most important ones. And a lot of times, you hear a lot of messages on that beginning where I told you, acknowledge, realize, repent, and release. But they don't add this one, replace. We always, we, you know, we are always fighting, get, trying to get rid of those thoughts. But we never think about, I got to replace those negative thoughts that are coming in. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. When Jesus was tempted, when he went out into the wilderness and Satan tempted him, what, what did he do? He, did he just say, Satan, get away from me? No, he, had, he attacked him aback with replacing it with Scripture, right? With the Word of God. He hit him with the Word of God. That's right. And then, so replace those wrong things. And here's the next really important one, is being spirit-led. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, So I have let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Romans 8, verse 6, it says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Can anybody tell me what that spells? A, R, R, what is that, R? Can I get everyone to, to turn to your neighbor and be like, R? Turn to your other neighbor and R even louder. All right, on the count of three, all together. Some of you guys are like, you guys are crazy. It's all right, we're going to do this together. I hate doing this too. So I'm going to pull the mic away. On the count of three, I always like doing this with the youth. We're going to get the children's ministry to hear us back there. So on the count of three, and we want it. Be cool if they can hear this on the podcast. So if you're listening to this on the podcast and you're in your house by yourself, you're R and with us. On the count of three. Three, two, one. Oh, I don't think the children's ministry can hear that. One more time, one more time. Three, two, one. You rock. So to, to, whenever you have those negative thoughts come into when you have one of those 50,000 negative thoughts coming through your mind, what are you going to do? All of a sudden, you're in a bad situation because you stubbed your toe and you have that thought come through your mind. What are you going to do? All of a sudden, you have people attacking you. Like for me, I'm a. Pastor Brennan was always telling her her love gift or love language is gifts. Mine, for all you guys that know me, is words of affirmation. So once people start kind of attacking me, it's a little more personal and I kind of, and my friends know, I kind of get defensive sometimes and whatnot. And so when, when we're in that situation when you know you're not your best and you have those negative thoughts going through your mind, what are you going to do? 
You know, all right, all right. Point number two in loving yourself is it's all right to be normal. It's all right to be normal. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that these were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I'm going to read that one more time. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. These men, the, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. It doesn't matter what type of training you have or lack of. It doesn't matter what knowledge you have. What people will notice is, have you been with Jesus? Because every person in the Bible that's made a difference, they made a difference because they were with Jesus. They spent time with God. Moses, he was able to lead the nation because he spent time up on the mountain with God, right? Jesus, he was able to do the miracles. He was supposed to be our example, right? He was able to do all the great things he did. He said even himself, I don't do anything except for what I see the Father do because he spent time with the Father. People will see us as ordinary people, but they'll be seeing us doing great things because we have been with Jesus. But a lot of times, we ourselves, we look at our glitches. What, what, what I mean by glitches is the mistakes in our lives or um, the lack of knowledge in something or, like, for me, I've told this uh, to the youth quite often. I don't think I've told you guys yet. But growing up, I knew I was called into the ministry. Told it, you know, I was prophesied over it. And in Scripture it says, you know, heed the words of, you know, your elders and whatnot on the gifts and callings. And anyways, so I prayed into it and I, you know, heard from God myself that I was called into the ministry. So, but if you knew me growing up and even now, I'm still, I'm actually very shy. I'm... What do you have? There's the ex, extrovert, or, and then there was the other one? Introvert. I'm an introvert, believe it or not. I might not seem like it at times, but I, I am an introvert. I'm an introvert. And growing up, I was super shy. I mean, uh, when I was first put up on the worship team, I played on the bass. And sorry, Tommy, I'm going to call you out. I felt just like you, Tommy. Tommy, he said when he first was on the drums, playing the drums, he would get super shy. He couldn't look at you guys. Same with me. I couldn't. I had to look at the paper because if I peeked up, my heart's pounding and I'd screw up what I was doing. That's just how shy I was. And so when I went down to Lansing, Mount Hope for Bible training, um, I was I remember doing homework on my bed, writing a paper or whatnot, and I would just get such bad anxiety attacks because, well, first thing, I'm not a good speaker. I'm uh, growing up. Actually, I had a real bad stutter problem. I couldn't speak that. I mean, I had to go to classes. I think it was like kindergarten and first grade. I had to take special classes to help me be able to speak and not stutter so bad. And so I was dealing with that. I, I knew I was shy, and I just get these really bad anxiety attacks. But I knew that God had called me into the ministry, so that's what I held on to. Um, I felt like Moses, to tell you the truth. Moses is before Jesus, right? 
the burning bush is happening. And Mo Moses is like, God, I cannot speak. I can't go in front of these people. I, I, I feel Moses right there. Because I was literally on the bed almost in tears a couple of times, wanting to just pack up me and Josie and come back up here when I was down in Lansing because I was so, I'd get such bad anxiety attacks. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 through 34. And this is becoming one of my favorite scripture verses in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 through 34. It says, By faith these people over through kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions, quenched the flames of the fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. This is the next sweetest part about the scripture verse. Their weakness was turned to strength. Their weaknesses were turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to fight. Notice it didn't say they became strong in battle before their weaknesses. It was in their weaknesses that God turned to strength that that's when they were strong in battle. I, I've mentioned this before, but Jesus, being you know God, in his weakest moment coming into the flesh, his weakest moment, never, never you know, he's always been up in heaven, right? I mean, he's come down. I'm not going to go into all the theology and whatnot, but... In his weakest moments when he became flesh is when he did his greatest miracle of all time on the cross. When, when Satan thought he was defeated, when the Romans thought they have shut his mouth, and his weakest moment is when the greatest miracle of all time has ever happened. And that's what God's saying to you. In your weakest moment is when the greatest miracle is going to happen in your life. He's going to take that weakness and turn it to strength. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 9-10, it says, Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness, and in the insults, hardships, troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So it's all right to be normal. It's all right to have glitches. In your, your life. It's all right to go through that bad circumstance that you've gone through. It's all right to be in a bad circumstance if you're in one right now. It's all right when you stub your toe and you're, you're, you, haven't have, you don't have the mind of Christ and instantly you start cussing or whatnot. It's all right because in your weaknesses, God's going to take that and turn it to strength. Which comes to my third point. God loves who you are. The way you are now. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus died for each one of us because God loves each one of us. Think about that. Jesus died because God loves the way you are now. Think of it. We were made perfect by the blood of Christ, right? So we weren't perfect when God sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. That means he loved you the way you are. Psalms 103, 13 through 14 says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Notice, he says he knows how weak we are, but he 
he's still he's still a father to us, which means he's he loves us. Richard, I can never say this last name, but I'm gonna, I'll spell for you. It's a quote from Richard, and the last name is R O H R. Roar, maybe. But it says, most of us were taught that God would love us if and when we change. In fact, God loves you so that so that you can change. That's what empowers change. What causes change is the experience of love. It is the experience of love that becomes the engine of change. We're going to say that one more time just because whenever a quote's read, sometimes all of a sudden you doze out. I'm like that too. But this one's good. Most of us were taught that God would love us if and when we change. In fact, God loves you so that you can change. That's what empowers change. What causes change is the experience of love. It is the experience of love that becomes the engine of change. And I just want to real fast just clarify one thing. He, he doesn't love the sin that you're in, but he loves you, the person. It's like I always tell youth and people I'm talking to, you hate the sin, but love the person, right? It's, it's sin what they're in. It's sin what we have done. But God still loves us and is willing to help us change, even though you're in that sin right now. Some of you guys, it might be little. It might be something little. We're all dealing with something, right? I know I'm dealing with, I have a, a big old list of things that I need to change about myself that I know isn't right. But God still loves me. And Pastor Brendan is always saying this back in the prayer room, is that it doesn't matter how are you always saying that? It doesn't matter what you've done through that week or this morning. I'm going to read this quote. I got this beautiful quote. I was saving it for the end, but I'm going to save it, I'm going to save it right now. God's love and calling on us doesn't depend on our perfection. So maybe today you've come in here and you, you've sinned this morning or you did something that wasn't in faith because anything not done in faith is sin. Maybe you stubbed your toe this morning or maybe you just completely missed it and failed, right? God, you coming in here to church to pray over someone doesn't depend on that. It depends on God's what Jesus did on the cross, right? Not anything what we've done. We try to impress people by putting on our best clothing sometimes, having the new gadgets. I know for me, I like to have the latest iPhone and whatnot. And when we call this first impressions, right, we like to make a, a good first impression on someone. I mean, every time I meet someone, I, I like to make a, a good first impression. Who doesn't, right? You, but here's the thing with God. There is no first impression. He knows everything. There is, that means you don't have to put on your very best because he loves you the way you are. The people that Christ helped was in messes. They were desperate. They weren't impressive. But they came to him open and honest. 
Notice the people, Jesus called the people who tried to give the first impressions, he called them hypocrites. But he helped those who, come, who came to him open and honest. Because he loves us the way we are. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for you, for your bones. No, strength comes after you go to God, after you're open and honest with God, after you're like, you know, I'm not impressive. I, this tie isn't the best. I swore yesterday because I didn't, but I swore yesterday or I had I got drunk yesterday. I made a mistake, Lord. He's not going to be like, get away from me. He, he, he's going to be like, you know what? Let's, let's go from here. Let's go from here because he loves you the way you are. So I, I believe by understanding these three points, we'll learn to love ourselves the way God sees us, applying our, applying, expecting or accepting it's all right to be normal and have glitches. And understanding that God loves you the way you are. Um, there's this movie that uh, it's called Wreck-It Ralph. Has anybody watched Wreck-It Ralph? Who hasn't watched Wreck-It Ralph? Anybody not watch it? It's all right. I love Wreck-It Ralph. I, I honestly believe this guy heard from God. Because the... The main girl that has all these glitches, she has, they call her the glitches, her name is Penelope. She has, she, they call her the glitch. And she's not allowed to race. She's not allowed to hang out with the others. It was, ju it's just, it was the rule. And what, what's interesting about it, at the end of the movie, when Penelope is racing, that final race, and she's neck to neck with Supposedly the best racer, I forget his name, King Candy. So King Candy and Penelope are in a cave racing, right? And all of a sudden, King Candy bumps her and she flips around and she's on her side and she's about to die, right? And in, in that moment, she realized that she needs to embrace her glitch, embrace her thing that she thought was her weakness, Embrace the mistake that she thought, or the mistakes that she had in her life to win this. And once she embraced that glitch, she glitched, and all of a sudden, you guys know the rest of, if you guys watch it, she wins the race. And what's cool about that, after she wins the race, after she embraced her glitch, her mistakes, what happened next? She, she got fixed, but she was a queen. Once she embraced who she really was, she then realized she was the queen. Once we embrace who we really are and understand in our weaknesses, God turns to strengths, we'll understand that we're royalty. We'll understand that we're more than conquerors. We'll understand that everything is possible through Christ who strengthens me. Too often we remember 
only the bad stuff that happens in our day, right? We'll have something awesome happen, but then also we'll stub our toe and make that mistake and we'll remember that one negative thing because we grab a hold of it, right? And I, I'm sure there's a, every one of us has something in our lives right now that we're holding on to. And that's not how God designed it, but we're holding on to this mistake or this glitch that we feel that's hindering the call that God has on our lives. And I believe today is your reset day. Today, God's saying you can have a reset. And what a reset means, for me, like I, I grew up playing video games, and I think if anyone's 30 and under, they grew up playing video games, unless you're a sweet old person in here playing some video games still. I love you, and we'll talk later. But for you, for you guys, you know when you guys go into your TV and you gotta change the settings, and all of a sudden you get frustrated and it's not working, what do you guys do? You hit the power button to reset it, right? And you turn it back on. That's what God's offering you right now, a reset. That maybe you've made a few mis- mistakes. Maybe you have, a, you have a bad past, or you're in a, you're living out something that, whatever, in sin, going through a hard time right now. Whatever it is, God's offering you a reset today. And it only comes if you're willing to be open and honest and understand that God loves you the way you are. It's all right to be normal. It's all right to have those glitches. Because in those glitches, he's going to make you strong. So if I can have the prayer team come on up here, and this is what we're going to do. If I can have everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed real fast as the prayer team comes up. I want to make sure everyone in this room has pushed that reset button on their life. And what I mean by that is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's like hitting that reset button on your life. It's like taking all those past mistakes, anything that you've gone through, and all of a sudden, Jesus hits that reset button. So if you want that button, that reset button hit on your life right now, for the very first time, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want that reset, raise your hand right now. You can put that hand down. If maybe you were like Peter, you're walking on water, right? Your focus was on Jesus, but you've taken your focus off of him, and you you sunk into bad circumstances around your whatever's going on in your life. You're, you just took your focus off of him, and you want to hit that reset button. Raise your hand. I'm raising my hand for that one. I know there's times in my life where I've lost focus in certain situations. So if you want to reset right now on your life and say, Lord, I want a fresh, clean slate. I want my focus back on you. I want to go strong. I want to do more. Regardless of the what I feel like is my glitches, raise your hand right now and stand to your feet. This is what we're going to do. We have this awesome prayer team up here for you guys. And I believe that these... That by coming up here, and Amy's always saying this, that this up here, the altar, is the place of change. I believe as you're walking up here, I know there's a couple times God has told me to come up to the front to get prayer in the past, and I'm like, I don't want to, Lord, I don't want to walk up there. But by walking up here, I believe that a miracle happens, change break off, because you're taking a step of faith, you're walking in boldness to hit that reset button. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a prayer, and by saying this prayer, for those that raise their hand, you're starting that fresh walk with Christ. 
So just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, if I can have everyone repeat, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross, to go to the grave, to come out of the grave for my sin, for my glitches, for fill in the blank right now. Fill in the blank, whatever that is you need. Thank you, Father, Lord, that you're, you're making us new, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're hitting the reset button right now on our lives, Father. So if, if, if you, so I'm believing because every, everyone in here is a Christian right now because either you raised your hand because you needed it, because you reset it. I believe these guys up here, they've been praying for you guys. They've been praying for this moment, praying for this service for you guys. It, and if you want to go deeper in the Lord, if you want, if you, if you want to say, you know what, I want to make a, a statement to Satan. I want to make a statement to my flesh. Because a lot of times, that's what we need. We need to come up here to make a statement to ourselves saying, I don't care what's going on. I don't care about the crock pot that I have later. I don't care if it fries or burns. I'm, I'm going to make a statement right now saying, I choose you, God. I choose you. So if you want to make that statement right now, come up here and these guys are going to pray for you. I challenge you to, to make that statement. And these guys will be praying for you up here.